Hello and welcome to the 15th episode of our third season of Cosmic Navigator and we're gonna start right off the bat with uh, the next year, uh, next year, that's ambitious, the next week. So first of all, a few principles that are very important for us right now, uh, just because we are entering the shadow of Mercury. So as you, as we talked about before, a few times we have the Mercury retrograde, which is very famous and very recognized by all uh, segments of society. So we know that Mercury retrograde is something that, wait a second, somebody texted me here. Uh, I wanted to make sure that um, the recording is on like well, last week. I forgot it. So again, Talking about Mercury uh, retrograde, we're going to have Mercury stationary December 12 and 13. So leading up to 12 and 13, we have what is called the pre-retrograde shadow. So things we do in the shadow, things we shouldn't do in the shadow. Uh, but overall, you're still having Mercury direct. So it's not yet the time where you have to be really paranoid about signing any documents or starting any projects. What you could do in the shadow is pay extra attention to where you might be challenged with your communication, lost object, lost people, lost thoughts, um, anything that has to do with the typical Mercury retrograde. It's not happening yet, but it is showing us where, or like a preview, like a little sample from Trader Joe, it shows us the potential of what's going to actually be geared towards in the Mercury retrograde. So now he's in the shadow. He's picking up some of the stories that later on he's going to tell us. It's like, you know, you go to the, to the opera, you have an overture at the first where you have all the themes played for you before so you can kind of register them and then later on in the uh, during the opera the third scene the fourth scene when the the fat lady is still singing then you'll say oh i remember we uh, i heard that that very catchy tune and melody in the beginning so the same thing is happening right now you might in two weeks three weeks reflect back and say now i get it i had issues with that person before the retrograde wasn't that bad now it's flaring up and becoming very serious so it's just another way of having, like I said, a preview of what might be the challenges of your uh, Mercury retrograde. Now, Mercury is going to retrograde in Capricorn. As you can see, Mercury is now this week, two to five, six degrees um, into Capricorn. That's why he's not that deep into Capricorn. So when it goes backward, he's going to go into Sagittarius as well. So what we're going to have is a retrograde of Mercury in Capricorn, which is more about business communication with uh, uh, people who are older than you, anything that has to do with acting maturely or being matured, uh, things that have to do also with career, success, ambition, focus, strategy. So it's not about being tactical. It's about being much more strategical, meaning plans much more to the future instead of reacting immediately to something that's happening right now. Then when Mercury goes retrograde in Sagittarius, we'll talk about the dates, that's when the retrograde can be a little bit more problematic because Mercury in Capricorn is totally fine. Mercury in Sagittarius is in exile, meaning that he's not having an easy time. So we look at the strength of Mercury. Mercury, when he's going direct, he's very strong, depends on the sign, but usually he's pretty strong. In Capricorn, he's still doing well. 
Capricorn rising, uh, not that well. Capricorn, Capricorn, sorry, Mercury retrograde in his exile, it's double. Uh. So it is a time where there's going to be more challenges, especially when you're traveling. Great, I'm going to be traveling. Um, then it's going to be also about um, uh, things that have to do maybe with telling your truth or connecting to truth or philosophy or all that stuff. That energy as well can be a little bit more uh, problematic. And uh, also anything that has to do with in-laws. So be extra careful with your in-laws. Mercury retrograde in, in Sagittarius is terrible for the truth. It's terrible for morality. It's terrible for justice. It's not that good for teaching and learning. It's not that good for traveling, even though I'm going to be traveling and teaching. And it's not the best also for uh, interaction with in-laws. So uh, also mentors or teachers. Great. Yeah. So just be a little bit more attentive. Now, we're also going to have uh, Hanukkah. It's the first celebration of light that we're going to start celebrating. Uh, it is an important um, uh, holiday that I really recommend connecting to. It's starting on Thursday and uh, next Thursday. I mean, this Thursday. And it's lighting a candle every day, uh, one more candle. So that's going to be very, very um, symbolic of how we help light to move forward because eight is the symbol of infinity. And of course, 2024 is going to be an eight year. So that's going to be an interesting celebration. This Hanukkah, we're welcoming 2024 even before the year begins. The idea is that every day we light a candle during the darkest time of the year to give light a push, a kickstart. Once you get to eight, which is the symbol of infinity, you don't need to light candles anymore. The same way that you don't have to count numbers anymore if you reached infinity, which of course is impossible because then it just goes on its own. It's kind of like the inertia of infinitiness. So that's the first celebration. Then we're going to have, of course, Christmas coming off the solstice. And of course, Yule as well. Uh, that's going to be there. So the celebration of light are beginning because we're getting in the northern hemisphere the darkest time of the year. So Sagittarius, which is the mutable fire sign, the sign of traveling, is also the sign that uh, has dominion over the last 30 days of fall which makes them the longest night and the shortest day so it is a bluesy time that's why psychologists call this time of the year in the northern hemisphere sad seasonal affective disorder a lot of us are getting the winter blues a lot of us are lamenting the coldness especially in the northern hemisphere of course or the fact that the days end before they even started so that's part of what we're going through um now the the prenatal prenatal pre uh, retrograde shadow and then again december 12 13 mercury is going to be stationary not a good time to do anything but a great time for meditation a great time for everything that has to do with contemplation anything that you need to do by sitting down and mimicking the uh, trajectory that's happening up there in the sky so if we have a situation right now when we're going to have a lot of planets in december changing sign it means also that we here on earth are going to be changing direction of our way of thinking or uh, of where we're going so december is definitely a month that a lot of planets are changing uh, directions especially Venus, which is going to be very important for us. We're going to talk about it. It's from Wednesday until the end of the month. She's going to move into Scorpio, another planet that's going to be in exile. So a lot of planets are changing direction. We're changing direction in December. And also uh, the most important thing, like I said, is the retrograde that we're going to have of Mercury. 
Now, um, if we look day to day specifically, so this week in general, just to kind of make it orderly for you, and I posted also on Instagram, uh, I think also on TikTok, uh, it's the same handle. We have the shadow of Mercury and also we have the moon. The moon today is in Leo in Sunday and that's great. Leo is ruled by the sun and today is Sunday and the sun is in Sagittarius, which is very fiery. So this is a week, a fiery weekend, you can say. And it's also interesting to note that even in Gaza on Friday, right as the moon moved into Leo, a fire sign, the ceasefire fell apart and the war and the fighting began again. Again, we're talking about sun in uh, Sagittarius, fire, north node in, Sagitt in Aries, fire, Mars, god of war in Sagittarius, fire, the moon in Leo, fire. But uh, what's happening tomorrow, Monday, Tuesday, part of Wednesday, we're going to have the moon in Virgo. And the moon in Virgo is more about practicality. So the first part of the week is not too bad for work, for service, for diet, for health, for purification, for a purge. It's a time of real cleansing on all levels. You know, that happens every month that we have two and a half days of visiting the monastery or going to the nurse to get some shots and to get some cleansing going on. So you might have this uh, detoxication of um, your bloodstream. So you might feel a little bit more sluggish. You know, it's almost as if we're going through a detox, whether you like it or not. And even if we're not even aware of what we're detoxing precisely. Uh, but that's going to happen more Monday and um, uh, Tuesday a Wednesday, a part of Wednesday, and then Wednesday, part of Wednesday, let's say Thursday and Friday, we're going to have the moon in Libra. And moon in Libra is much more about peace, tranquility. It's more about um, art, design, colors, a relationship, partnership. Just remember that the moon is going to, we're going to go over the dates. The moon is going to move when she's in Libra every month on top of the South Node, which means cutting one more thing out of your relationships that you don't need or just being a little bit more um, mindful of getting rid of, let's say, anything that has to do with ancestral karma or a parental influence in a sense or whatever your genetics even demands of you, even though you want to do something different. So it's an exercise of fate versus free will. Uh, then the weekend, next weekend, is going to be the moon in Scorpio, a moon of transformation, change, research, depth, intimacy, sexuality, passion, completely different than the weekend we had right now. We had the moon in Leo in this weekend. Next weekend, the moon is in Scorpio. This weekend was all about being loud and crazy. Next weekend is more about uh, being more subdued, a little bit more uh, intimate and a little bit more private and secretive. The other thing that's happening this week, which is kind of intense, is happening tomorrow. So let's go day by day. Tomorrow we have the moon on top of the black moon. That's happening uh, Monday, which is the day of the moon. That's not easy to have the black moon sit on top of the moon. We talked about it in Hamas's chart. The moon is on top of the black moon. It just goes to show it's not the easiest thing. So if you're planning to create a terrorist organization, tomorrow is actually a great day on Monday. Uh, especially if you want to do it uh, through terrorism that has to do with uh, food, you know, terrorizing food, you know, making people stop eating sugar and stuff like that. So the moon in Virgo, the instinct is to say no. So if you're getting a lot of negation, a lot of no's uh, in Monday, Tuesday, don't take it personally. It's just people channeling the energies of the moon in Virgo. The moon in Virgo is no, not because it's evil, but not because it's Dr. No, but because, and it's kind of interesting now that I think about it, Dr. No had a cat that he was constantly petting, and um, no is Virgo, and pets are Virgo. Now, 
sometimes uh, things come to you late. But the moon on top of Virgo, um, black moon, again, is very much evil coming through over criticism, either from yourself towards yourself, from people you love towards you, from you towards other people you love. So just be careful not to make enemies by the way you are uh, giving them the truth by somehow, uh, you know, giving them some kind of feedback or compliments that are actually much more criticism. So just be a little bit careful. Perfectionism perf uh, and over analytical energies um, being too critical can be your enemies in the next two days, especially because the black moon is lurking there. She's dying to cause some strife and some uh, uh, difficulties. So again, Monday and Tuesday, the moon is in Virgo. It's not easy. Not because there's something wrong with the moon in Virgo. If you have your moon in Virgo, it's not like you have to die and be born again to get rid of that moon in Virgo. But it just means that when the moon is in Virgo, while we are in Sagittarius and they're creating a, squ a square, it's not easy. So that creates even more tension between the moon and the sun on, on Monday or Tuesday. So it's, uh, again, not the easiest energy because there's constant conflict. And on top of everything, the moon is um, also creating a square uh, to the sun and the moon, the black moon is squaring also the sun. So again, be extra uh, careful about those things. Um, that's the moon and the sun squaring. The moon is also going to be squaring Mars tomorrow. So there's going to be an instinct to fight, uh, to, um, to be a little bit more aggressive. So again, there is this conflict tomorrow and Tuesday between yes and no, to do and not to do, to be or not to be. Uh, again, just because of that moon squaring the sun and the Mars squaring the moon and the black moon squaring those two also. So that's going to be a little bit difficult. The good news is that we have a beautiful trine forming between Jupiter, Mercury and the moon tomorrow. So Monday is a very pragmatic, practical Earth day. So if you can avoid conflict and focus on the strategy, on what you need to be doing on your long-term goals, because we're dealing with Mercury in Capricorn, Moon in Virgo, goals that have to do with your health and your service. So it might be not bad no's that you might get, but good no's that can help you get a big yes in the future. So again, tomorrow is a mixed day. We have all these squares between the Moon and the Sun. Mother and Father are fighting, but the rest of us are having a good time. So we have a few things that are happening tomorrow, a Monday, that is a beautiful trine. If you look at the chart that I'm showing, you see a six-pointed star. And that six-pointed star means two trines that are working on for us. One of them is an Earth trine between Mercury, the Moon, and Jupiter, which is really helpful. It's the Moon of it's synchronicities, lack, good energy, especially with money, with your body, with health even. Then we have another trine forming and getting stronger and stronger actually on Tuesday and Wednesday when the moon is, uh, sorry, when Venus is going to be in Scorpio. There's a beautiful trine of water between Venus, Saturn, and Vesta, which represents the home or the hearth or uh, um, everything that has to do with tradition. So Saturn is traditional already. Uh, Vesta is traditional. She's sending a beautiful energy to Minerva and to Venus, which is going to be good. So we have an Earth uh, triangle and uh, Earth and a water triangle, which again are very complementary elements. That's why we have the six-pointed star or the Star of David in the chart tomorrow. So even though the moon is on top of the black moon, there is a lot of help coming on Monday. And that help is somewhat extended to Tuesday because uh, the 
Did I move it to Tuesday? Yeah. The moon is still going to be squaring uh, the sun on Tuesday. So there's a still a little bit of conflict between yes and no. So just be aware of that. The moon is no longer on top of the black moon. So it's a little bit easier. The only thing that's happening in Tuesday is Venus is moving into Scorpio. Venus doesn't like to be in Scorpio. Venus prefers to be in Libra in Taurus, in Pisces, when she's in Scorpio and when she is in um, when she's in Scorpio and when she's in Aries, those two signs that are ruled by Mars, the god of war, she's not happy because uh, she's a Venus. Venus is the goddess of love. Make love, not war. Venus is the goddess of money. There's no money in war unless you sell weapons, right? Uh, war is not the best for the economy unless, again, you are making weapons. So, Venus in Scorpio is going to be like that until December 30th. It's in her sign of exile. And, and that means that relationships are going through a little bit tough energy. And if you're single, you might be overly attracted to the bad boys or the bad girls or the bad people. You know, not back because they're bad, maybe because they're ignorant and confused. Maybe because they're super sexual, but not really able to be there for you. Uh, very, very attractive, but narcissistic, you know. So just be extra careful with Venus in Scorpio. But the good news about having Venus in Scorpio because Saturn is in Pisces, is that they're creating a beautiful trine that's going to start from Tuesday, like we said, this day, this week, for a whole week that we're going to have that Venus and Saturn and uh, Minerva, uh, sorry, and, and um, Vesta sending this beautiful triangle of protection. On top of everything, the trine of Earth continues into Tuesday. We have Mercury, the Moon, and uh, uh, Jupiter sending beautiful alignment to each other as well. So that's also going to be great for Tuesday. We still have that triangle of, tri of uh, Earth and the triangle of water working with us. So that's going to be great. December 6th, which is a Wednesday, the moon is trining Pluto, which is beautiful. And the trine is just getting stronger between Saturn, Venus and Vesta. And Venus is coming closer and closer to Minerva. You're going to have next week, especially a lot of wisdom coming to you through your relationship or about relationship. That's why I'm saying this is one of the best times in the year for a couple therapy. Or if you have a business partner to go to a third, a third person to kind of work on your relationship or your partnership so any fixing of relationship great in the next few weeks especially next week and the end of this week when you have venus on top of minerva sending beautiful energies to saturn another thing that's happening on wednesday and thursday is neptune stationary neptune is going to be stationary before in uh, friday he's going to go direct Neptune is all about intuition, mysticism, dance, meditation, yoga, photography, everything that has to do with empathy and the connection to the uh, collective unconsciousness. So Neptune was stay, uh, retrograde in the last few months. It's not always the easiest, more issues of deception, illusions, mind, uh, losing your mind, losing objects and so forth. When it goes direct, it's going to be much easier. The best days for meditation, for dreaming, for really getting in touch with your uh, intuition and your gut feelings and the best time to sit down for long meditations is going to be definitely Wednesday and Thursday, uh, December 6 and 7 when Neptune, it's only four days a year that it's stationary and stationary basically means getting stuck and the best way to meditate is to Stop your thoughts, stop everything except your breath and allow your head to kind of reboot. So again, 
Wednesday, Thursday, very mystical days, and Neptune is in Pisces, his own sign, and Saturn is also in Pisces, so that makes everything about intuition and mysticism more practical and more pragmatic. Then on um, December 7, Thursday, we have the first candle of um, Hanukkah. If you're lighting up the candles, they always fall in Sagittarius, which is a fire sign, a mutable fire sign, meaning a fire that moves. And the moon, like we said, is moving into Libra, a sign of peace. Uh, that's much going to be easier than having the moon in Virgo, definitely further away from the black moon. The trine between Venus and Vesta is strengthening. The conjunction between Venus and Minerva is strengthening. So again, a lot of water. And the good news about Thursday is that the Sun and Mars are trining Chiron and the North Node. So that's good. That's good karma that can help you heal. Heal issues with father figures, figures of authority, teachers, mentors. Even healing your relationship to truth and maybe revowing to avoid disinformation and misinformation as much as possible and telling the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth because we are, <clears throat> after all, during Sagittarius and because the Sun and Chiron are going to send beautiful energy to each other, it's great for dramatic healing uh, on Thursday, December 7. So again, very, very positive. And uh, Mercury is still sending a beautiful trine to Jupiter. So Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, we actually have the trine of Mercury and Jupiter. This is really good. It talks about the left and the right brain coming together on the same team. It means that philosophy and practicality are coming together and therefore you can make use of your mind instead of the mind messing you up, which is going to happen in Mercury retrograde. Now, before Mercury goes retrograde, we have all this beautiful trine between Mercury and Jupiter, which now makes me think once Mercury is retrograde, we're also going to have that trine. So that's going to really help us actually in the first week of Mercury retrograde to have Mercury also going and trining again uh, Jupiter. That's going to be great uh, before he retrogrades. And um, uh, besides that, on December 7th, where the moon is still in uh, Pais, uh, Libra, December 8th, Friday, the moon is still in Libra. And it's actually sending a beautiful sextile to the sun and Mars, which is great news. Um, the Mercury and Jupiter is peaking the trine in Friday. So Friday could be a day with a lot of practical things. The mind is working really well. Communication flows really well. And there is also still a very good connection between Venus and Saturn, relationship with people who are older than you, relationship with bosses, relationship with people of authority can be very, uh, very good. Um, and even the black moon is sending good energy to Mercury. So that's great. It means that sometimes you might say nasty things that actually will be very good or people will tell you things that might be strife oriented, but actually end up helping you out. So again, all the curses are turning into blessings on Friday. So you can curse as much as you want. You know, it reminds me how in the Dead, Dead Sea, you can go, even though it's a very hot place, uh, because it's the lowest place in the world, you can go and tan as much as you want and, and lie there under the sun. The UV cannot harm you because it's so deep. Same thing with um, that mercury and uh, the blessings and the curses. You can curse as much as you want. The same way that you can have as much as you want, sunbathing uh, in the Dead Sea. Nothing is going to happen to you. So that's okay. All the blessings are turning into, um, um, into all, the all the curses are turning into blessing. It's like the second temptation of uh, the Buddha when the soldiers of, the, of Mara were sending 
arrows of fire towards the Buddha as he was meditating under the tree, and all of the arrows turned into petals. So that's kind of what's happening on Friday. And um, you see still these triangles very dominant on uh, uh, December 8th on Friday. So anytime you see the blue energies, it does mean that there is some help coming and some flow Especially on Friday is a great day for cooking, a great day for renovating your home, doing something good with home and family or any transformative art. In general, when Venus is in Scorpio, especially on top of Minerva, any kind of artistic expression that represents some transformation for you or some depth or some meaning or something occultic, for example, talisman or uh, creating images that can be symbols of protection or anything with sacred geometry, because you're combining Venus with Scorpio, which is the witch, uh, everything that has to do with transformation. Saturday, we have the moon sitting on top of Venus, on top of Minerva. It's a day of a lot of insights, a lot of uh, understanding that is going on. Same time, we have the um, Mercury. No, actually, yeah, Mercury is still sending a beautiful energy to uh, Jupiter, even though he passed it. And we're going to have to wait for Mercury to return to retrograde in a few um, days in order to pass it as well. So next week, we're actually going to have the Mercury retrograde, but we're also going to still continuing to have that Mercury trining Jupiter, which is, I told you, great, uh, because usually they don't necessarily get along very well. And um, um, that's going to be the moon in Scorpio for us on Saturday and on Sunday. That's the days that we're going to have. So the weekend, next weekend is definitely going to be deeper, more sexual, more intense, more deep. Uh, yes, but there could be some breakups or some kind of um, an instinct to kill certain things. So again, could be more deadly uh, that weekend. And the moon is going to be sending a beautiful trine to Neptune on uh, Sunday. So that definitely is a great thing especially for anything to do with dancing movement meditation yoga dreaming uh, empathy connecting to people that's definitely gonna be a good thing now if we look at specifically certain things that are happening uh, that we might um, pay attention to or things that are significant um, so first of all this is my last um talk to you guys here in the morning in LA. Uh, I'm actually on Monday or Tuesday of between. I'm flying to Sofia. So we're going to have three workshops in Sofia. If you know anybody in Sofia, definitely let them know about 2024. We're going to have a relationship uh, class there also with vision board that we're going to make for next year. And we're going to have a class on past lifetime regression. But I added two webinars. So we're going to have on January 27 while I'm in London. Of course, if you're in person in London, you can come. We're going to do a past lifetime regression. We're also going to do a longer version of the 2024 uh, class. It will also include very specific tools to deal with your new resolution. So far, the webinars at the end of 2024 were one hour, one hour 15. This is going to be the biggest workshop. It's the two and a half hours. So if you really want to understand what's going on in 2024, we're going to have one uh, in January 27, 1030 a.m. London time. And there's going to be one in February, which is going to be more for the afternoon if you're in a different time zone so again in london if you're in person i would love to do your chart in person or if you can come to one of the three workshops the what's your story that we're going to talk about how we tell stories and the meaning of stories and how they can change our life 2024 and the past lifetime regression 
I'm going to also be in Tel Aviv if you're there. If we're going to be also in Budapest, we're going to have some workshops January 16 to 19. At Edinburgh, we have a big event in January uh, 20th, uh, part of the Soul Man Scotland event. Uh, you can check my website, Cosmic Navigator, to get more information. I also put it on the, it's also on my Instagram link and also on the Zoom. And London, again, we're going to have the three workshops. And then I come back in Sofia in February. We're going to have something with a, the family constellation and ancestral karma in astrology. So that also is planned for February. And if all goes well, I should be back here in February in 2024. And again, thanks a lot for all you guys that put um, uh, the reviews for my book on 2024. It really helps if you haven't made it yet and you read the book and you think it's worthwhile, please uh, help the algorithm around and give uh, a review. They are available also in Apple and in um, Google Play because I know that some people don't really appreciate Amazon for this reason or that. So what I wanted to think of, uh, to tell you is something I, I thought about in a class because always uh, when I teach classes, I hear myself say things and sometimes those things I never thought about before. So either they're new or uh, maybe I got it channeled because of my uh, moon in the eighth house and my Pisces rising. You know, I can't really take credit of imaginative things or original things because they probably came from that. But when I was teaching in, um, where was it, in Palm Desert, I had this thought about you know, um, the issue of Jupiter. I think it came because of Jupiter. Next year in 2024, we're continuing Jupiter. Jupiter continues his journey in Taurus all the way until the end of May. And then it moves into Gemini. And Jupiter in Gemini really can help with communication, marketing, sales, networking, writing, finding your message, delivering your message, figuring out who the message is for and so forth. So you're building infrastructure of communication. Great. The problem with Jupiter, he doesn't like to be in uh, Gemini. He doesn't like to be in Gemini. The first reason is it's the opposite sign of the sign he rules, Sagittarius. So Jupiter is the ruler of Sagittarius. Therefore, he feels that his kingdom is in Sagittarius. You send him to the opposite sign all the way to the other side. He's upset. He doesn't like it. He's like uh, in exile. And when Jupiter is in exile, he's having a hard time helping us. The same way that in 2020, Jupiter was in Capricorn in his sign of fall. He didn't help us. We were kind of alone until the vaccines came when Jupiter moved into Aquarius, which is the sign of technology and innovation and community. And that's why we got the vaccine and we started hanging out with people again. So when Jupiter is in Gemini, like he's in Capricorn, he's not helping us as much. Why the reason why he's not helping us in the second part of 2024 and the first part of 2025? It's not that he's not helping us. It's just that his uh, hands literally are tied behind his back. Hands are Gemini. So he can still help us, give us a good advice, kick us, you know, when we need a kick. Um, but he's not as powerful as he usually is. So that's one thing to remember about 2024, that the second part of 2024 can be a little bit more problematic with that Jupiter in Sagittarius, in Gemini. Now, the other reason why he can't, because Sagittarius rules the truth, Jupiter rules truth and morality, Gemini can be very iffy and questionable about both morality and lies and theft, because Mercury is ruled by Gemini is ruled by Mercury, the god of liars and thieves. And there is a reason why it's like that. It's not like some glitch in the system. It's in order for Mercury to be a good communicator, even between heaven and hell, he has to have a dark component. So they accept him in hell or in the underworld. So imagine you want a messenger that's able to go to the 
worst neighborhood in town to the most dangerous pub, go in there and send a message to the head of the mafia. Okay? Why? Because somebody needs to deliver messages to him. The same way that I'm sure now we have some messengers, uh, for example, like Qatar, that has definitely a dark side, but that dark side allows them to talk to Hamas. Otherwise, we couldn't have any kind of exchange of hostages and so forth. So that's kind of what Mercury is the reason why Mercury is the god of liars and thieves. So when Jupiter is in Gemini, he's not that happy. But then I thought about it. It's kind of interesting because every other side, every opposite sign of you is the sign that holds space for you. That's why I say that if I'm talking about a lot of influence of Scorpio, you immediately have to think, oh my God, what's happening with Taurus now? Because Scorpio is the opposite sign of Taurus. So it's really important because the same way that you have a projector and the projector is lighting up, you don't look at the projector. You look at the screen opposite to the projector to see what the projector is trying to uh, project, right? To tell you. Same thing when you have a very strong emphasis. Let's say Pluto is moving into Aquarius. Great. You also have to look at what's happening to Leo, which holds space for that Pluto to be in Aquarius. Okay, the same way that the puppeteer is holding the um, puppets from above. So, yes, you can focus on the puppets, but really it would be interesting to focus on the puppeteer at the, at the, at the top that holds in his finger all the invisible lines that kind of move uh, the mannequin. So, again, whatever is happening in one sign happens also in the opposite sign. And that, again, is very, very interesting because opposite signs are the same but opposite. Right. Remember, we talked about Aries rules war. Therefore, Libra, the opposite sign, will rule peace. And if Aries is red, then the opposite sign, uh, Libra, will be green. It's always the same but opposite. So it's really interesting that the closest sign to each other are the opposite sign, which are the furthest away. That's another exercise of oneness and the idea of oneness in astrology. The furthest you are, the closest you are. The closest you are, the sign next to you, the further you are, energetically speaking. So, again, Gemini and Sagittarius basically share the axis of communication. Mercury is the communication within your country. Sagittarius is communication with other countries. Mercury is learning a lower education. Sagittarius is learning higher education. So, again, they're very, very similar. They're opposite, but they're similar. They're very far away, but they're similar. Same way that when you look at your mirror image, you are the same, just inverted. That's the idea, that the one is looking at oneself in the mirror. So Sagittarius is the mirror image of Gemini. Uh, Capricorn is the mirror image of Cancer. Aquarius is the mirror image of Leo and vice versa. Pisces is the opposite or mirror image of Virgo, the same way that Aries is a mirror image of Libra. So those are things that will be interesting to work with uh, whenever you, you are dealing with astrology and you hear that there is a stellium, which basically means a cluster of soul, of um, uh, planets in a certain sign. That's very interesting and very important. And if you know that you have seven planets in Capricorn or six planets in Capricorn because you're born in your early 90s or you have uh, seven planets in Aquarius because you're born in 1962, okay, that's great. That's amazing. You're super Aquarius. But if you're super Aquarius, you're already a Leo because... Again, the energy leaks to the opposite sign. So that's always something to remind yourself of, remember. Another thing I wanted to share with you is this image that I had done a long time ago. And a few days ago, I thought, hmm, that's actually an interesting game. Look at this um, image and try, oh, sorry, if you're on Instagram, uh, you can't do it right now, but you can imagine the color wheel. So just put in front of your head the color wheel and with the red 
pointing at uh, the E uh, at that side, the left side, and the green opposite to the right side, the blue at the top, and the yellow at the bottom. The reason why I'm saying to put it like that, and you can now Google uh, the color wheel and just look at it and turn your phone so that your the red is facing the left side if you're looking at your phone it's on the left side the reason why is because we always put aries on the left that's the rising sign that's the east we always put libra the green to the west to the right we always put capricorn the indigo to the top and a yellow a orange cancer at the bottom and when you place it like that and you see the color wheel what i think that you should do is first of all identify your favorite color you see here a lot of colors and the colors are changing in saturation and also how much light they have. The closer you are to the center, it's more white. The further, the more black. It's almost as if the center is God. The center is oneness. It's all the opposite sign meeting together. The Sag with the Gemini, the Taurus with the Scorpio. All of them are coming to that axis, that, that place in the wheel that does not turn. What does turn is the periphery of the wheel, right? That the one that touches the ground if you're a carriage or a chariot. And that one is the most saturated with blackness. That's why the colors are so dark. And of course, they're the one that touches the material world, the here and now. And that's the one that turns around like the samsara wheel. Now, what I recommend to do is looking at it and deciding where is your favorite color. For example, I uh, my, one of my favorite colors, if not the most, is Scorpio. And um, sorry, is is turquoise all the shades of turquoise maybe that's why i go to turkey all the time or maybe i go to turkey all the time because turk turquoise is named after turkey and it's a lot of uh, turquoise are in turkey so maybe that's why yeah i can explain a lot but anyway i love scorp i love that a uh, turquoise turquoise is related to scorpio because it's between blue which is sagittarius and green which is libra and funny enough if you place my chart right on here you'll see that my moon is in scorpio right here so my moon probably gave me my favorite color then i've been told i'm not trying to say that uh, they're right but i'm told a lot of time that when i read wear red it, it's it, it vibrates more with me and funny enough i have five planets that will fall under the red in this area in the chart you know so again it will be interesting for you to look at your color color scheme to look at what colors are more at your home. Oh, I just painted my bedroom in dark green, which is actually true, Essex green, if you want to be precise. And it falls under Libra, and Libra is relationship. So bedroom, Libra, maybe I'm summoning a partner, you know. Uh, you suddenly decided that you're going to buy um, a yellow car. Okay, yellow car falls here. Yellow is, you see, by Leo. You probably... Uh, want to shine something forward maybe that's your kind of like your carriage your your um uh, like the king has their chariot of gold you know uh, maybe there's something again about children about happiness about love or maybe you think the yellow car is going to bring you love or maybe you did something that uh, resembled more like orange yellow around here that will be the realm of taurus which has to do a lot with money talents and self-worth so again you can work with it in the sense of, I need a car. Okay, what do you need in your life? I need um, I need health. Okay, so you get a car that's kind of the color of green, yellow, the green of Virgo, which is green-yellow kind of, this kind of uh, vibe. Or I want to buy a house um, and I want any kind of symbol. I, I, wanna, I want anything of colors to help me 
notice or get a sign or an omen about what my best home will be. And what I want from my home are is a new community, new friendships. Okay, friendships is ruled by Aquarius. Here is Aquarius. Choose a color of this. One of these colors can indicate, I don't know, maybe your real estate agent will show you a house and the... The mailbox is that color. It will be a good sign for you. Or maybe the windows uh, are uh, treated with that color, your purplish or, or pinkish or, or violet. So that another way of dealing with astrology, again, I call it the Feng Shui of astrology, that can really be helpful for you guys again next year. It's just Feng Shui and astrology come together. So you can redecide about the color before you buy a thing. Or you could look at your house and say, wait, I get it. I have a blue room and that's, it's actually funny because I have a blue room here and this wall is blue and blue has to do with Sagittarius and Sagittarius is right here, mass media. And I'm sitting here talking to mass amount of people and it's the, it's the house of uh, teaching and learning and higher education. I didn't plan it to be honest. I just like blue and everything in this room is blue. Sometimes you do things without noticing it, even if you know astrology. But sometimes it's nice after you've done it to understand why you did it. And therefore, next time you need to do something similar, you already have the tools to figure out what is the best course of action. So let's see if there's any questions about um, what we have talked today. Or it's not really we, it's more me. I got fired last week, an unjust situation. Many people gets up, get up, are up in arms, want to fight to get my job back. But working with my boss was torture and I want to let it go. Listen, if you got it let go in during the shadow, it means that if you stay there during the retrograde, either you would have made a mistake because you already hate your job so much that your subconscious will tell you, listen, she's not going anywhere. Maybe she's a fixed sign, Leo, Aquarius, Taurus, Scorpio, whatever. And she's not going to go anywhere. She can suffer immense amount of pain. No. Okay. Then in that case, get her fired. Because during Mercury retrograde, maybe you'll make a mistake that will make you feel terrible, but it was the only way for you to let go of your job. So don't doubt it, especially during the time of um, Sagittarius. You need to have more optimism. And especially if you know that you're not, a, let's say, it always takes two to tango. But if you're thinking that other people are up and arm uh, about that, and you know that it's an unjust situation... You're going to, okay, you're going to win and you're going to go back to the same place that rejected you. So what? It's going to be three weeks after, four weeks after, and you force him to be uh, accepting you back. I think that you should value yourself much more. And I think you should let the other people fight for it. And you at the same time should look for another job, even though, like I said, it's going to be very difficult to sign new documents from December 12 until January 3rd. After January 3rd, everything flows much, much better. So... I think that that's going to be a good thing. I think that in your career, you need to look for something else, a place that you can really shine. Because when you're with a boss that suppresses you, you suppress yourself. And therefore, you can't shine. So it's almost like trying to grow. I'm sorry, I always give examples of nature, but trying to go banana in Palm Spring. It's possible. Or in the desert. It's possible. But you're going to have to water it every day. And you're going to have to put shade on it. And then you're going to have to protect it against this. And protect it against that. Why don't you just plant it in the... In the in the why don't you just plant succulents or something a little bit more native 
So you're not native in that job. Therefore, you cannot flower. You cannot bloom. While in a real job that appreciates you, you can discover colors and smells you never knew from your uh, blossom. Any other um, questions with the color wheel? You ask us to choose your favorite color. Can you explain why this is favorite color changes over time? Yeah, of course. You know how they say, sometimes people tell me, you know, I don't understand this. I meet all the time now cancers, cancer everywhere. People who are cancer, people who has cancer rising. Okay. Was it like that a month ago, uh, two years ago? No, two years ago, I used to meet Aries because we change. We change our energy. That's what we talked about it here many times. That If you meet a lot of Leos, you're now learning from Leo something. Once you've learned it, okay, you graduated, you go on. It's almost like you learned French. Great. Now you want to learn Italian. You're not going to learn it in French. You should go to Italy. So sometimes you start meeting a lot of Aries. Same thing with favorite colors. Maybe your favorite color is because you're attracted to that archetype of Taurus right now. And then your favorite color changes into Scorpio because you now have to get more from Scorpio. Again, colors, signs, frequencies. It's all the same. It's all waves. Um, if you have four planets in Cancer, remember, when you have a cluster of Cancer, you're automatically going to Capricorn. And Capricorn uh, is much more blue, dark, indigo, indigo blue. And it's not that if you have a lot of color in a, a lot of planets in a certain sign, you have to love the color. You know, don't get like a if then. We're talking about a tool that can help you understand the frequencies behind the zodiac. Don't start uh, a, a, be feeling terrible if you don't like a certain color because of your sign. Besides, a lot of people don't like themselves. A lot of people don't like part of themselves. A lot of time people don't like the way they look. And they might not like the color that is associated with their sign. Some people don't like their sign, you know, or don't like their country or don't like their family. It doesn't necessarily mean you don't belong to something that you don't like, Okay. Uh, but if you ha if you love blue, that explains to you another what we said before, that when you have a lot of planets in one sign, it leaks to another. Kelly is asking, Stellium in Aquarius, Leo, Moon, and Leo, etc. Is there anything to be said about the purple-yellow axis? Yeah, definitely. Purple is very regal and very royal because purple was very hard to extract. You know, they had to... Uh, um, go to the Phoenicians and ask them if they have any snails they can... Uh, um, borrow you know to get purple so purple is very rare and not only that purple is the highest color we have above purple violet ultraviolet we can't see so that's why it's associated with higher energies and the uh, gold of scorp of uh, leo you know, el dorado everybody wants their gold so again it's very very rare but it's a very regal so now you understand why purple it's aquarius uh, aquarius is not regal yeah but the opposite sign leo is the sign of kings and queens so even that um, is in astrology. If you don't have a favorite color, this is a time to make a change. Because remember I told you when North Node is in Aries, even in my 2024 book, it's very much detailed there. That if you are, um, let's say, if you if you North Node is in Aries, in Aries right now and it's all about I am and identity, you need to come up with your favorite food, your favorite color, your favorite country, your favorite clothes, your favorite music, your favorite uh, food, because it's an exercise of knowing what do you want and what do you want and who you are are very much linked together. So definitely try to ask yourself what is it that your favorite color is. So uh, December 11 is actually very good for interviews. Yeah. 
if you hated a certain color all the time, it's probably an archetype that is very hard for you. Therefore, I would dive deeper into it. So I think that that will be a good thing for you. Um, yeah, you know, I th Mercury retrograde, I travel all the time. I don't think you should be paranoid about not to travel during Mercury retrograde. Um, I think that, um, you know, I said yes, but now don't feel like to go. Listen, I don't think Mercury retrograde is the issue. I think that maybe there is other things happening that maybe you're not feeling it. And I think that I, I, am, I assume, according to your last name, that you're coming all the way from um, Galveston, Texas, all the way to Hawaii. It's a long trip, you know, it's a long trip. And if you feel like, ah, you're coming from Los Angeles, uh, yeah, well, you know, Los Angeles is not that far. It's the closest place to, uh, uh, to the furthest place on the planet. You know, that's what, precisely what we uh, uh, talked about, how something close and something far is basically the same. But if you feel like you need to work with your body, just listen to your intuition. I think intuition uh, is the most important thing. Well, thanks a lot for making it. Uh, I hope to see you in Europe. I will see you back in America in February. And I'm wishing you the most amazing Hanukkah. And we'll talk about Christmas before. So I'll, I'll wish you a happy Christmas before. Next Sunday, I will give um, this talk from Sophia, the goddess of wisdom. Again, uh, if you can write a preview, that would be great. Not a preview. If you can write a review, the previews I do. And you should review my preview. And um, uh, thanks again a lot for all of you guys who did it. And I don't want to bore you with my request. And if, again, you know anybody in London or Sofia, and by, ah, and for the guys in Turkey, I'm going to do a week of Zoom only for Turkey clients. So definitely talk to Noor or um, let me know and I'll connect you to Noor so we can figure it out. Thanks a lot and have an amazing week.